This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 664, brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com, enter promo code iFanboy at checkout, and iFanboy listeners just like you. My fanboy pick of the week episode 664. It's our 19th year, my fanboy. <laughs> the pause was funny, and then the <laughs> ridiculous number was funny. It's our 14th year of podcasting, our 19th year, my fanboy. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. This is Josh Flanagan. You're kidding me. No. God. It was not a joke number. We keep saying for years, we don't know how to stop. And I, I mean, there's clear evidence of that being true. <laughs> We're here for your podcasting enjoyment and ours as well, mostly ours. If we're I being mean, really, that's the main driver here. <laughs> so we're back. Oh, we took our, our our holiday break. We're rejuvenated. We're talking before the show about how we're re-energized to talk about comics. So that's good. The break worked. It served its purpose. And also, we didn't get divorced. That's also a part of the purpose. Do you mean from each other or in general? <laughs> Just in general, from everyone. We're all married now, so like, did we get anybody get divorced this year? Nope. All right, let's move on to Good the meeting. Good job. So we are a fanboy, and every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks our favorite book, called it the pick of the week. We talk about that book, some other books we read, do the patron picks, some listener mail if we have time. We have a good old fun time. It's like a hoedown, but with comics. It's it's like a. <laughs> we should change our iTunes descriptor. <laughs> it's like a hoedown, but it's with like, comics. It's like a hoedown, but with comics. And here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Exercise some caution this week. Josh, you had the pick, and was it a light week? Because we missed some heavy weeks. It, I mean, it was a light week in the sense that there wasn't a ton of books, but also, like, there were several books backed up behind it, or sure. several weeks, so didn't feel like it. Uh, but it was, it, it was, I was like, okay, I don't have to read this. I can read this. I read a couple of books. I did read a couple of books that I thought came out this week, but it actually come out in previous weeks that as I was adding them to the rundown this week, I went, oh wait, no, that's not this week. Well, that, that does happen. So when you, when you take the month off or not the it was three weeks off, one of the weeks was Christmas and there was like three books came out. That was not a big deal. But the previous week, I think I had, a, I had like 26 books or something insane. And then, uh, the week before, there was like 20-something. So I, I let them stack up, and I I think I still have about 20-something books I need to read from the previous weeks. But but happened to you, happened to me, where I went to read a couple of books, and I was like, oh, I I got to read three of these. Oh, I have to read four on Canny X-Men's. And so well, that's it was a, choice. a longer week. Yeah, trust me. It's a bad choice. <laughs> it's too bad. I'm sorry. But we're talking about the pick book. That's Tell true. Way of calling it the pick book. The pick book. That's the book. <laughs> I fanboys the pick book. Welcome to I fanboys pick book. It's a hoedown, but with comics. <laughs> We're rebranding this year. <laughs> yeah, it's all about. It's a new year. We're, we're getting ready for our twentieth anniversary. Rebrand everything. So uh, when Conan the Barbarian was announced uh, as, as as once more Marvel pilfers from what little Dark Horse has left. Um, 
The creative team was announced, and it was uh, Jason Aaron uh, color, uh, writing, uh, Mahmoud Azrar on art, and Matthew Wilson on colors. And I went, well, yeah, that's sure. That's <laughs> those are all correct choices. Um, and uh, to you know, to be clear, uh, we are not reinventing the wheel. This is not a bold new take on Conan. This is oh, no. Conan the Barbarian. Well, I. I- I don't want a bold new take on Conan. Well, I think then that, that's the point I'm making is that yeah. that's the right call. Uh, it, I don't it, need to delve into Conan's dark psychological history. I yeah. just want him to chop dudes up with a giant sword and then kiss the ladies. And and, and sort of be ambivalent about all of it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want. And and that's, you know, Jason Aaron was the guy for that. I, I think that we've seen him sort of flourish uh, under the Thor area and, go, and like, the, oh, that's his... That's the place that that he's really not just comfortable because obviously he was comfortable with earlier sort of gritty crime kind of stuff. But once he started getting into the sword and sorcery stuff, the over the top, you know, the metal really of well, comics. This is Thor adjacent. Yes, it is. Um, you know, it, it's so the it's right not thing. That far. He knew that this was would be good. I think. And there's there's it's it's all you know it's all him doing Robert E. Howard, and that's what Thor writers or Conan writers do. They they go all right. I'm gonna try to sound like Robert E. Howard now, um, and and you know it's really fun to watch people do that if they do it with any sort of panache. Um, but there is also that there's a slight wink behind all of it, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's what it's the thing that makes it fun. It's that you also, know it's over the top. Yeah, and and this story doesn't exist, you know, in in a in a modern. This is this is like the most unmodern sensibility ever. <laughs> and they kind of revel in it. I mean, it's, you know, I want to drink and kill people and be with many women. And, you know, that's maybe not the millennial agenda. Um, and, and But in this context, it's kind of always fun. You go, oh, well, this is this is a thing that's always existed. Um, Would so- you mention that in, in the same to- token, you made the remark about Dark Horse. Dark Horse had the license previous, but sure. Conan's a long-running Marvel book. Yeah, this is Legacy Issue 276. Like, it was like... I think it looked like 23 years yeah. Marvel published a Conan book. So it's not like this is uh, – this feels very much in the vein of Marvel comics because when I was a kid, because yeah. it was it was through our childhood, there was a Conan the Barbarian comic published by Marvel. So this felt in many ways correct. And and let me ask you this. When you picture a Conan comic book, what do you picture? Uh, well, uh, it's a Bushima yeah. sort of – that you know, that whole body and face. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, John Busma is the first thing I picture every time. And, and I actually think that while Mahmoud Azrar does not, he doesn't remind me of, of Visema, no. it's, it's in the vein. It's in the right, and right away, first page, you see King Conan, um, we're, we're looking at him sort of, we're going to go back to an earlier adventure. And it's we great see, drawing. It's my favorite page of the whole book. Yeah, and, and what I think of, literally when I look at this, is I think of the weight. Mm-hmm. That he has a lot of weight on that chair, and he's, he just looks heavy, and he's sitting, which reminds me, which makes, and I think of that because of how to draw comics the Marvel way, with mm-hmm. art by John Buscema. And that was right. one of the first times that I had been shown the concept of weight. And I remember there was a, there was a shot of Doctor Doom, and it showed him, like, not having weight, and then having weight. And it was a big difference, and I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I've been, we've been also been watching uh, Mahmoud Azrar for, for years, um, and he started with... Through his windows. Yeah, I mean, obviously. We traveled to Austria, where he lives. Um, we watched his child grow Beautiful up. there. Mm-hmm. And we watched him... 
good day, 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 day life. Yeah. Um, no, but but uh, he was originally on, I don't remember the name of the book, the Jay Ferber. Uh, oh, yeah. That's where I first saw him, an image book from Jay Ferber. And I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. And then we've seen him come up in the ranks. I did yep. X-Men for a little while. And he he's one of those guys that, like, he keeps getting better. And not even not really drastically better. I don't look at this and then look at his earlier stuff and go, look at the difference. But just those little things that when you're a professional, you start to do really well and really right. But also he does have a style that is good for some things. And right. this is the thing that he's good at. He draws, you know, big hulking dudes and monsters and sexy ladies. And so this is the thing that he should be drawing. Yeah. Um, I mean, even originally, when they first announced it, I thought, huh. But then when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's 100%. So, you know, he's the right guy for the job at the time. And and every page is – there's something to like on every page about the art, uh, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I You know, there's a little bit of storytelling. There's a thing that's happening. There's some face acting. There's a lot of things that are – you know, or there's just a, a creepy monster. Like, there's something on every page where you're like, oh, he's doing a cool thing here. Um, also, my favorite part of the book, by the way, is at one point Thor can, or I keep saying Thor, uh, Conan complains about his back. Yeah, well, he's older, because this is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's any knock on the book, it's that the format is somewhat similar to yes. Thor. King Thor. <laughs> Maybe that's that why I keep saying it. It's parallel storytelling between Conan when he's young and first starting out, and Conan at the end when he's King Conan and he's older and... Mm-hmm. And so that was the only the only knock I could think of when reading this. And it's not even a huge knock. It's just like I, only because Jason Aaron also did this with Thor. But um, that was the only thing I could think of. I did. I, I thought, oh, well, OK. But everything else was was delicious. Well, two, there's two things about that is egg. I don't maybe I've never read the Robert E. Howard stuff. So maybe that has something to yeah. do with it. Sure. B, maybe he just likes doing it. And I'm kind of like, which fine, is fine. Which is you fine. know, like. like it was a passing thought that I had, and I went with it. Yeah, no, I had that thought, too. But it's like, you know, Quentin Tarantino movies have a screwed-up timeline. And, you know, if that, this is Jason Aaron's thing. It doesn't. He doesn't do it in Avengers. He doesn't do it in everything. But in this, like, it makes you know, sense. I, I mean, that was a great him, – him, after his fight, he's like, oh, my back is on fire. But yeah. um, this really made me want to rewatch the Conan movies. Yeah. For, uh, which I haven't thought about in years. And then I've never seen the Jason Momoa one, but I kind of wanted to see it now after watching Aquaman. Um <laughs> But I think I tried uh, to watch it once, and it was not. Uh, I, I don't think I. I don't think I made it far. Well, I can understand that, but I, I just I kept hearing, even though he looks nothing like him and talks nothing like him, I kept hearing Arnold Schwarzenegger in my head because sure. again, as a as a man of a certain age, yeah, that is the the pop culture image of Conan. It's funny so. I don't. I it's almost like I hear Jason Momoa, but in Game of Thrones, I think that's kind of what I hear. That's interesting, but he has he has different dialogue, so I guess that's not exactly it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like that's the but, voice I, mean, I hear, but not. We're not talking about specifics because there's not. I mean, Conan has a bunch of sword fights when he's young. He's he's in the pits, and then he meets a sexy lady. Turns out to to not be a sexy lady, and uh, he'll get you like that. And then in the future, he is um, possibly killed the death of Conan. So it's just it's just a a lot of sword fighting and monster and sort of creatures and it's an introductory issue so there's there's not a lot to spoil or talk about it's just the craft is really strong it's really fun it was and and the bit at the end the bit at the end with the kids is creepy yeah and yeah it was like i was like oh this is what i want right now i want this burger you know that that made me really happy about it and like it's one of those you can just tell the team are having fun with it they're happy to be doing this 
Yeah, you know what else I thought of was that um, you can tell who the colorist. I mean, it's not like Matthew uh-huh. Wilson's new or anything, but he's like on all the top books now, and so clearly the top people are all the best people are asking for him. Yeah, and that's that's the look that the top creators want their books to have. I mean, in addition to the fact like he's really good, he gives things just the right look for sure. And and uh, you know the other side of it, he doesn't good, look necessarily like his other work. Yeah, he's giving it a yeah. different. It's it's a it's it's. I'm not calling it painterly, but it's a bit more painterly than his regular work. Yeah, he does the right thing for it. Also, he's a really nice guy, and people like working with nice people in comics. Is what I found out. So if you're nice and talented, and you can deliver on time, you're golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I, I I'd be hard pressed to find another book to make pick of the week so yeah I, well yeah yeah well there was one that i was like oh maybe that could have been but well, it, came out, last, it only... came out last week so <laughs> okay well that doesn't it's ineligible I, I the only one i could possibly have maybe thrown it to would have been action comics 1006 because for some miracle ryan sook is still drawing it i th- i thought that exact same thing i was like i don't know what happened but this is the longest i've seen ryan sook on anything <laughs> and you know it's 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 the same stuff we were talking about with Venice and Superman, but the, God, it's just there's just some spectacular scenes in here, and I'm thinking of Superman, Clark walking into the alley, the kids reading a Green Lantern comic, and says and gives him the shush face and flies away. Yeah, which was, I, was a cool which choice, was terrific, which was terrific, and um, then uh, Superman fighting with you know the mist. You know, trying to blow the mist character away was fun. He just, you know, he can't punch the mist, so what can he do? That was fun. And then the cliffhanger was interesting. So I, I just, it's, uh, it's still terrific. I gave the Man of Steel collection to some of my friends for Christmas, mm-hmm. my non-regular comic reading friends, and I'm just really excited about this run. And I think this, I didn't read Superman yet from from the from the break, mm-hmm. so I don't know what's happening with Jonathan, but. I think Action Comics is where it's at right now with with Ben I Superman. I think you haven't missed anything with that. He just showed up. It's like a last page thing, and that's where we've left it. So, mm-hmm. and also like the the cover of that indicates that he's come back and he's evil, and there is nothing about that in the in the book. Well, it's classic cover stuff. Is this the one where he says he did it thirty five minutes ago? Uh, or was that a different was that, Superman? That was a different comic, I believe. Okay. I believe that was a different. Comic. That wasn't. I thought that was Bendis. No, that was Tom King. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, it was it was Superman who said it. Yeah, it was Superman, but it was different. Comic. Okay, well, fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It's still good. I, I was I was really psyched to see Ryan Sook was still on it. Um, anytime you get to read his comics, it's a treat. Mm-hmm. And it's Bendis still has this great take on the Superman world. I don't necessarily need the constant reminder that newspapers are in trouble, but um, I guess because they're so ingrained in the super world, it's, it has to be there. The villain has bought the paper, which is interesting. Um, the whole but, timeline gets brought into c- question with that thing at the end. Well, yes. So the cliffhanger is the green jalopy from the cover of action comics. Number one is sitting in the villain's museum lair and something. And it's not like an Easter egg. It's right there front and center. So what does that mean when there's a 19, 19- 30s car that Superman destroyed. You know what does that mean? Hmm. Is it hyper time? 
Don't use that phrase. <laughs> um, so I was really – I loved Conan. I loved action comics. But in some ways, the comic I most wanted to talk to you about in a comic we don't hardly ever talk about in the show was Strangers in Paradise 25, number 9. Um, and the reason why is I am not a Strangers in Paradise expert. You and Ron specifically were the ones who read the whole original series. I've only read the first about 25 issues of the original series and then all nine of these. Mm -hmm. Is this normal? No. Or is Terry Moore going off in a in a very different direction with this book? Yes. Okay. Because I the, what I knew – what I read of – and, I, and I, we, we talked about this in the past – I stopped reading Strangers in Trade basically right when they introduced the spy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, it was just a relationship book about these two, these two women and a third guy who's – I don't even know if he's involved anymore. But here we got we got biblical – it's like Indiana Jones. We got Lilith and we have Rachel. We have, we have biblical and the devil and God and they're all real characters in the book. And I was like, what book am I reading? All right. So – the thing to keep in mind, and this is where I have a, a little bit of trouble, just right away, caveat, I'm enjoying this just fine. None of this bothers me. Yeah, no, I'm not bothered. I was just like, yeah, wow, yeah. I just, crazy. I just, the internet is like, I can't believe you're complaining. Not complaining about it. It is interesting, yeah. and it's good to talk yeah. about. Um, I, I believe that he is interweaving things from the other series that he has done since yes. Strangers in Paradise originally concluded. Now, I did not They're read all, all of They're all the same those. book. They're all in the same universe. Right. But the Rachel in here... Is or is not the Rachel from Rachel Rising? I did not read that one. Ah, uh, that's a good question. I think so, it's the same Rachel. So because of that, I was a little bit lost in the specifics of who those people were in that scene. Didn't bother me because I still got the gist of the story that was happening. And for me, the focus is still Kachu and protecting Francine and their family. It's oh, a, for sure. And that I think, works. I mean, me. I stopped reading. I have the first three or four trades out of seven of Rachel Rising. So I never finished it. So I don't know. And I wasn't, it was a long time ago. So it wasn't, it didn't even think of that when you mentioned it. But I mean, Lilith is clearly the character Lilith yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's crazy. Well, so it, here's the way I take it. Uh, Terry Moore is kind of making it up as he goes along, as he always has. I don't, I, I don't know how early he planned to make, Though all that spy stuff happened, but I think that, and he says it this way: the characters write write themselves. The characters do what they're going to do. He refers. He has always referred to Kachu and Francine, Francine as real people who made choices, and that's what he drew and wrote. Right. So he's following his muse to a certain extent, um, and I think that he did that with original Strangers in Paradise, and all of a sudden it was you know partly a relationship book and a small story, but also a big sort of international crime spy thing. Then when he I went on to great. do those other things that he was interested in, he did that. And now he's like, oh, I guess I'm bringing it all together. Yeah, and I think, I think, it's, it's, great. I think it's great. I think it's interesting. I just was like – I was sort of flabbergasted reading it because you know, it's, just, it's just not in my head when I think of Strangers in Paradise. Sure. I don't think of, of, of them fighting the devil. <laughs> um, but it's, it's cool and I think it's still one of the best-looking books out there. I love how – Ugh. In the same way, Stan Sakai's pages look very messy, uh -huh. but but on purpose and in an artistic way. His pages also look like that sometimes, depending on how what he's drawing. They look like, like they they look like 
like pens, like ink. Yeah. You know, it, they they look like a drawing basically. Yeah. They don't look like a computer construct, and they may have been done digitally, but the style itself is is. I'm thinking of the scene where on page uh, five and six in her digital reader, where Lilith, Lilith is walking out of whatever she's walking out of. Yep. And just it just looks like the stuff you'd see in high school. So the you know some kid sitting there with a ballpoint pen, mm-hmm. and it looks terrific. It does. So I'm I'm in for whatever crazy ride Terry Moore wants to go on. Yeah, but you're, none of those instincts are wrong. I mean, you're like it's like, oh, this is what you're doing. I don't know that I expected that, but let's 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 go. Let's find you know because the root of it is still there. It doesn't. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different thing, but the book still feels like the book. I guess. I should uh, I should finish Racial Rising. Maybe that'll maybe that'll have some insight into what's sure. going on here. Because we we read all of Motor Girl. And I think I read all of Echo, but none of it was. I mean, Motor Girl obviously had aliens. It did, but like Echo, silly alien, you know, like it silly, was like, like, yeah, like like Looney Tunes aliens. Um, Echo was all about the Large Hadrian Collider, and I can't remember. But that feels like what this is mostly related. Like that's the first thing it's related. Maybe to. they woke like, the devil. Maybe, and then Rachel Rising is you know, it's a horror. It was a horror book. Zombie resurrection, whatever. Maybe but they all the take one. place in the same world, so fair game. All right, cool. Uh, are you reading Detective Comics? For some reason. Oh, interesting. Okay. I I, I, I have thoughts on this, but I, why don't you go ahead and then I will. So nine ninety five. We're in the countdown to one thousand, as the cover says. Uh, two issues. Uh, so new creative team Peter J. Tomasi and Doug Monkey, Jaime Mendoza on inks um, two issues come out since, since the break so, so this is the second one and to me this feels very much like Detective Comics from like 15 years ago in a good and way? Some, in a good way and a bad way and I, I really like Peter J. Tomasi. He's done really good runs in the Batman universe. And I obviously I really like Doug Monkey's art. Um, but I mean, the only I I I actually really like this. I liked obviously we loved Brian Hill's little run. Um, I didn't think James Robinson's run was was successful. So this is, you know, to me more enjoyable. Um, it feels more of like a throwback Batman book. So the only thing I could ding it with is that um, Batman's a little too chatty. I I think that um, I think it's well plotted. I like the story, but yeah, I, th- I think that some of the dialogue. I I don't I don't think Tomasi is great in this world. I think he fit better in Superman. I'm thinking back to the way that they were doing uh, Damien for a while, and like those books just didn't work for me. I think you're right that he's a little chatty. I, I, I don't know, but everyone's Batman has got their own, and I don't know if this is like a thing they're trying to make him more, you know, relatable. Hmm. But you know, I thought especially not so much this issue, but the previous one. I had to read these back to back, where the, the dialogue was a little like strange. It, and I think yeah. it was strange because this is not the way that he was written previously by Peter J. Tomasi. Yeah, and, so I don't know if this is an editorial edict or what. But I don't even mind that as a choice, like. It's just it's just a little off putting and and let you know like the 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 death of Leslie Tompkins by the way is a big deal. Yes, if I believed it was real, right? Because then Alfred gets killed in the next. Well, issue. see, here's and the the other thing that we do we need to talk about now is that 
when is somebody at DC going to say, you know what, let's not kill Alfred again or maim him or make him? Right. Like, we or get it. Him in the chest. Yeah. But he's been through this like four or five times in the past couple of years, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, and I, 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 he wasn't killed, but he was stabbed in the chest. I know, but either way, like the the threat is. No, I'm just correcting myself because I said he got killed. But the I, threat I is they're going after Alfred, and like we've done that a lot of times now. And I actually always really liked the version of Alfred who would never have let that happen because he was badass on his own. Mm-hmm. And and I like like why would he open the door? Well, because the the computer said it was Commissioner Gordon. All right, but um, yeah. So the previous issue, Leslie Tompkins was gassed. But the Joker gasped by somebody, and uh, in this issue, she dies. I don't believe she's dead because, as you said, this would be a big deal. She's a character that's been around for decades, one of the most important characters to Bruce Wayne. So I, I got to believe there's something else going on here. And they really but, played that up, the important to Bruce Wayne thing. So, But maybe she is dead. I don't know. Who knows the DC these days? DC is completely unmoored, so anything is possible. Mm-hmm. But I am enjoying this. I half am. I get it. I think that I think that they are in a phase now where in the run up to 1000 there's no vision for it. I could I mean I think that's that's a DC problem. Yes, but they're just throwing whoever at it, which means that they kind of don't care. I mean, it it's nice like if they want to turn it into like an anthology thing and make that be what detective is, I get mm-hmm. that, but that's not what this feels like. The, the I think the thing I I like about it is Whereas Tom King's Batman is a very psychological, quote unquote, serious series, this this is just sort of like Batman. Yeah, no, I I get that, but I I think that they just need to be a little more consistent with what it is. I don't know. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, this consistency would be nice in yes. DC. <laughs> but um, you I, have I it like over I, the I, Superman I, books, and no one cares. Right. And Bat, uh, those may be the best books right now, actually. Yeah, um, and Batman. But uh, I like it. And Doug Monkey is someone I've always liked. Um, yeah, no, I, I get that. He's good. Um, I'm going to talk about the end of the first arc of Crowded, issue number six. Mm-hmm. I could have maybe made this a pick of the week contender. Interesting. Um, as I've gone through this story uh, and these characters in this story have developed – um, I've really enjoyed it. It's becoming a thing that uh, it's one of those image books that when I see that's on the week, I'm like, oh, good. I like reading that one. Um, a couple of interesting things about it. I think that it is it's, – it's very much – it feels to me like a modern comic book um, that is not you know, really um, relying on old tropes and old kinds of characters and things, um, but it's, it's good. A lot of times mm-hmm. when that happens, that's not the case because it's just somebody trying to be hip and it doesn't work. But I think this actually is kind of cool and fun, but also thoughtful and makes sense. Uh, the other thing is that other than Chris Sabella, who he's been around writing comics for a while, but sort of on the fringes of stuff. He's done some sort of mainstream stuff, a lot yep. of Dark Horse, uh, you know, handful of image, stuff like that. But kind of a veteran for sure um, from Portland. Uh, I don't know any of the other names involved with this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who Rose Stein is or Ted Brandt or Triona Farrell or Cardinal Ray. I don't know any of those people, but they're all doing good high-end professional work here. The colors mm-hmm. are great. The lettering is good. The storytelling and art is extremely busy and frenetic. There's a whole world that's been created, um, and the ideas are strong. Uh, it's just it's a really well-made comic book. Um, 
And it, it's sort of talking about, you know, the danger of, you know, social media or crowdfunding and how people are going crazy. But it isn't it's 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 walking a line. It is not too spot on where you think you're being taught a lesson. Uh-huh. And it's not too crazy where you're like, what is the point of this? It's right there. Um, I think it's really uh, well done, basically. Well, the best the best lesson told through fiction is when it's not heavy handed. Yeah. When it's still the story being told, and you also there's also a lesson to be had in it. But when it's when it's like this is the lesson or this is the the issue, then it becomes less of a successful story. Well, there's, there's also a thing where there are certain creators, and their thing is to like make stuff crazy and big. Um, mm-hmm. And and I'm thinking of like a Cyspereer. Right. That's kind of his thing. He goes out there, and I don't really like it. It's it's fine. It's for some people or whatever. Um, but this is right on the edge of that. But it's controlled enough that I don't feel – I feel like everything is purposeful, not just this is cool. Right. Um, and I think that that is the mark of a, of a good storyteller, of a good, of a good writer, you know. And, 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 and also the artist is keeping all of that frenetic energy in line. There's a huge like – not car chase isn't the right word, but basically a car goes through a gauntlet with a bunch of other cars and there's a whole adventure that happens and – I don't know. It's it's really fun. It's it's a good book. And uh this is the end of the first arc. I thought this would, I thought this was just gonna be a mini series, and maybe it is, because that's how image works. Um mm-hmm. but but there's more story to be told after this. And I still don't know we still don't know things. Um but it's not in an irritating way like uh, that we want to know more and I like it. Good. So Josh, I know we haven't talked about it since the all media show, but uh <laughs> let's talk about underwear. Well, I'm just saying it's been the holidays. There used to be all these jokes about getting socks and underwear. But as a man approaches middle age, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, and especially it's when that underwear is better than whatever you're wearing right now. And Josh, at normally, you know, I thought I'd start the new year off right. I would, you know, be on the ball. So this week, knowing that Mac Weldon was a sponsor, I made sure to wear my Mac Weldons for the show. Because sometimes I just grab whatever and I don't get the right one. Sure. But this one... I got the Mac Weldon's on. I needed nice. to be at my best all through last week, so mm-hmm. I, I'm actually low on on uh, accessible Mac Weldon's at the moment, and then they need the washing to be done. Well, what's great about it is not only is it comfortable, not only does it have the anti roll technology, <laughs> it's it's stylish. I got the red stripey ones on, which are nice. Oh, I'm picturing it right now, Connor, and I'm, I'm smiling. <laughs> so it's it's the underwear that makes you feel good. Because why? Because Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabric, simple shopping. Got them at the website. It's easy to find the products. They got all the different product uh, lines, easily accessible. You can put them in your cart. You're good to go. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. And the line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial are really key, I think, in this day and age, as everyone's constantly stressed out and sweating all the time. This is this is what you need to be getting. Well, I mean, I mean, if you think about it this way, uh, for a long time we were like, cotton's great. Yeah. But it turns out it's not all the how time. How can you improve? How can you improve on cotton? It's the yeah. best. You can. You can always. You improve absolutely on it. can. And and you get you know there was like it just, it feels better now. It smells better now. Uh, it holds up better. It's it's softer. It's more flexible. It's it's a it's a full on. It's like in a generation we've left the old crap behind. And I will say this: the uh, I don't get the the thing where the underwear rides up your leg. I haven't had that happen to me in years. Yeah, it's good. It's nice. 
So Macworld wants to be comfortable. So if you don't like the first pair, you can keep it, and they'll still refund you your money, no questions asked. That's a terrific offer when you combine it with our coupon code, which we'll get to in a second. So not only does Macworld's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they'll perform well too. Great for working out, going to work, going on dates, everyday life, as Josh said. When he needs to feel at his best, he wears his Macweldons. And uh, and that's the, that's what you got to do. I mean, I have I have five or six pairs. Josh is almost completely Macwelded at this point in terms of his underwear. So listen, we wouldn't be talking to you as much about our underwear unless we really believed in it. Because who wants who wants to hear about it? No, no. I mean, if you want to hear about the details of our underwear drawer, sure. But you that. <laughs> Honestly, Josh, never thought that we'd be talking about underwear this much in my life. But I'm not surprised, you. given the given the arc of our relationship. But it's great. It's comfortable. I feel like swirling around in my chair, and and it feels nice. And uh, I think any more talking will get it. We'll, we'll get the show a, a dirty rating. So let's talk about our coupon code, our promo offer for twenty percent off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code iFanboy at checkout. That's 20% off your first order. And as we said earlier, if you don't like it, they'll refund you your money, no questions asked, and you get to keep it. So that's a it's almost like a it's almost like a no risk situation here. You'll like the underwear, and great. If you don't like it, they'll give you they'll refund you your money. So check them out at MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code iFanboy at checkout. And uh, we do thank everyone who does that. Uh, One Roman 61, I wanted to mention because we had our fill-in artist, is it Hermenico? Zermanico? Zermanico. Filling in for, um, what's his name? Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, I liked it. I liked the art a lot. I liked the fill-in art quite a bit. I liked the regular art a lot, too. But um, the, I, I really liked the, the Zermanico style, even though, sadly, Steve Trevor, who has lost his shirt, um, has no nipples. Oh, um, I feel really bad for him, but um, that's the Ken doll fetish that the kids talk about now. <laughs> Does Ken have nipples, or is it just that uh, he doesn't have a package? I don't know, don't know. But uh, I, I like the style. I, I, he is a great, really highly detailed style. Um, the the uh, the people were all good looking, and you know, in the way you expect, and it it, it was dynamic. It was fun. I really, I was, you know, when I saw that it was a fill artist first, I was like, oh, but. Then I, I opened it up and I was really, really happy with the way it looked. Story-wise, I get it. One woman fought Ares in the movie, but I feel like she's been fighting Ares in the comics now for like a year, two years. I just <laughs> would like to read a different Wonder Woman story. It's not bad. G. Willow Wilson's doing a really great job with the characters. It's just, let's maybe f- do something else with Wonder Woman. I mean, I, I feel like the last time I read it, which was a while back, Ares was the villain in that one. Right. Maybe now people will buy the comic. The thing that always drove me from Wonder Woman was that it was basic. You know, when it wasn't Wonder Woman the superhero, it was, it was Wonder Woman just constantly fighting the Greek gods. I just kind of got bored with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's the way it's been since basically George Perez's you know reboot back way way back. And it's just it's great, but she's also she's got many facets to her. Why is it so hard? I don't know. Why is it's not that? Bad. It's not a bad book. I'm still enjoying it. It's just like, sure. okay, here's Ares again. But why is it such a tough nut to crack? I don't get it. I don't know. It's not like, you know, they don't have Batman fight the Joker in every issue. So Just every fourth issue. Mix it up. Archie 1941, number four of five. Are you still reading this? I dropped off it, but not intentionally. I actually really like the first one, and I keep thinking, oh, yeah, what about that? And then you put it on there, and I was like, oh, I've missed three issues. Crap. 
Uh, Archie's finally seeing action. He's his him and his unit oh, land in North uh, North Africa in 1942. Uh, luckily for them, the Vichy France French have uh, surrendered. He's in he's yeah okay 1942, North Africa. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for them, the, while the Vichy France have surrendered, uh, they run into Rommel's uh, tanks at the end. So we we have one issue. Um, to wrap this up, which is going to be interesting because he really only just starts seeing action now. So I assume... You know, there's going to come a time when the generation of people writing comic books aren't going to write about World War II as frequently as they do now. And we are approaching it. But that time is not now. No. Well, that's because if you think about the majority of men who are of, of prime writing age, like they're still close enough. Like we lived while people from World War II were alive it's yep. a, it's still a living memory, but before long, it will go the <laughs> way of World War II and the Spanish-American War. Yeah, well, until or one, then, uh, not two. So the Archie stuff was good, but I also really enjoy the the Betty, um, Veronica, you know, becoming friends now that all the men are gone, uh, thing, and also Archie's dad shaming the war profiteer Hiram Lodge, who is gouging everyone on gas prices in town, and also, uh. Archie manages to have a conversation with a woman and a French, uh, French woman, and and he doesn't get the clap. Well, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I was a little worried. They, was, they were at a bar in Algeria. And I was like, oh no, Archie's gonna get the clap, but no clap for the Archie. <laughs> Is that what it was called then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I lose track so of my my gonorrhism. I'm really I'm really enjoying it. I, I, you know, all kidding aside, it um. It makes we talked about this at the first yeah. issue. It makes sense time wise. Like these, these characters were created, you know, right before the war, so it makes sense. This is almost like what Archie would have been had they made comics differently back then. So, um, I almost would rather read Archie set in the proper time than than read him now. Connor, you yeah. get both. I get I get it, I get it all. Well, for one more issue. Yeah, it's totally true. I I. I, I wanted to mention uh, Runaways. I feel like I need to bring it up every once in a while. I have, I'm digging. I'm digging this series, man. You it are really. It first of all, like we've had Chris Anka on this from from the beginning, other than I think a couple of fill-ins, um, and he like he's just great and he's great for it. And really, this does feel like it's funny. The whole thing is pretty much taking place inside this house, um, mm. and and it really to me it it connects to. The original Runaway story that, and I, I didn't watch the TV show. Did you watch the TV show? I watched one or two episodes and realized it was not made for me and said, that's cool. And moved on to yeah. all the other thousands of comic book TV shows that are out there. So I think that, I don't, I remember when we first talked about it, when it first came out, you and Ron were like, I don't know what this is. I don't remember enough about yeah. it, but I mean, it's really locked in. Um, there's some interest, there's interesting character stuff going on. There's personal dynamics. There's. There's some larger threats. They've had Alex come back, uh, you know, and, and there's all that sort of stuff that's going on. And, like, there's a real sense of, like, wow, what is going to happen here? Um, mm-hmm. And and some surprises, a Doombot who's really fun. Like, it's funny and it's interesting. And, and Rainbow Roll, uh, I, who is, we said this, a YA writer, like, it's a good comic book writer right away. Yeah. There's none of that, none of that janky stuff. Uh, and I, I, you know, Matt Wilson colors it, so... Mark equality right there. <laughs> so you're reading Scarlet. Yeah, I, I sort of every week it would come out and I go, all right, I'm going to give this another shot. 
And I agree that the first issue that we both talked about on here was a little like, what the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> second issue was a little less of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last two have been really good um, as we sort of get a wider scope of the world as we pull back the camera. Basically, the story would be, here's your spoiler, um, that uh, Scarlet staged basically a, re- a revolution within the city of Portland and the military surrounded it. Um, and mm-hmm. she was stuck there and she had demands. I don't remember what they are because uh, somebody got killed like unjustly by the, the forces <clears throat> and uh, they smuggle her out. And they you find out that a lot of the people in the army are actually behind her. And as they're smuggling her out of the place, she finds out that there have been similar revolutions that were that were ignited by her thing in other cities all around the country. And the government is losing. Mm-hmm. Then the, the United States is kind of falling apart in it. And I was like, that's really interesting. Um, and they've pulled back on her character being a little quirky a little uh-huh. more. I think they've he, he's turned her into a little more of a of a, a realistic leader of this kind of movement, or at least a figurehead. Um, and the sort of reaction to the world around her is has been interesting, and the other characters, and what happened with the military guys, and you know that sort of stuff. I, I thought I was really interesting, and you know the the team, the craft is good. It's going to be no matter what with those guys. So um, yeah, I, I think it's 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 been a lot better. So this is I think it's one more issue, right? All these are six issues. Uh, I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's think... definitely like an, an arc thing going on here. Are they all like six issues and done? I think so. Yeah. Oh wow. All of them. Yeah. I've been enjoying. I've been reading all these books, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, obviously, I didn't like Scarlet, but I like all the other ones a lot. Yep. So we neglected to mention because it wouldn't be the show without fucking something up. That the pick of the week was also the patron pick this week. Go to Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy, and you can join up and become a patron. And every week, all the patrons can vote to add a book to the rundown. This week, they picked Conan the Barbarian. So we I, have I, book to add. I did. I didn't write that at the top on purpose. I thought it would give us something to talk about later. I see. So uh, obviously what happens normally is we talk about the pick and then we give it a ratings. We talk about whether we're going to stick with it. Ratings. So uh, obviously we enjoyed Conan the Barbarian. Obviously we're going to stick with it. But let's let's give it a rating, Josh. What are we rating Conan out of five ratings? I'm hovering between four and a quarter and four and a half. Mm-hmm. Going to go four and a half. It delivered what I wanted and it did it well. Yeah, that's fair. Four point five ratings. Ratings. So there you go. We're sticking with Conan the Barbarian. But if you want to go to, uh, if you want to become a patron, add a book to the rundown. Go to Patreon.com/ifanboy. Every patron, no matter what level you're at, can vote to add a book to the rundown. We think everyone does that this week. It was uh, not a close race. It was uh, Conan was winning when I woke up third, uh, Wednesday morning, and Conan was winning at the end. Considerably so. Considerably winning. So. Thanks, everyone who voted. Let's t- talk about how else you can help the show. In addition to Patreon, we got first patreon.com slash fanboy. That's where you can go. We still have our stretch goals to reach the next stretch goal. That's the non-comics media podcast monthly that Josh and I and some other combination of podcasting hosts will do for you. Much like our all-media show, which was the last thing that we did, which we really enjoyed doing. And uh, we'll, we'll do that every month. In addition to that, we'll upload all the missing video shows and minis to our YouTube channel that were taken down by our old distributor. Um, we'll put them on the, on the YouTube channel. I'll put them on the website so you can get all the content back. It's literally hours of content that you may not have seen. Hours. 
It's it's I'm not, I'm not joking. It's like uh, it's a lot. It's over a hundred shows. And also, talking about we look very time. young in them. Well, it's a time. It's a nice, depressing time capsule. <laughs> There's another. So you've been really good with the marketing language today. <laughs> so, you can, if you want to help us hit that stretch goal, go to Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. Also, ifanboy.threadless.com. That's where you can find our T-shirts. We've got the seven designs, and a lot of people bought those over the holidays. We thank you for people who got those as gifts. Some people sent those pictures of that, which was hilarious. We loved it. Uh, I fanboy logo shirt, Herm shirt, Pick a League podcast shirt, rating shirt, Fullness Electro shirt, GDAT shirt, and of course, nothing makes sense, nothing matters shirt. We'll 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 add a new one this year. Yeah, we 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 were shocked by the popularity. Nothing makes sense, nothing matters. So we sort of let that ride out. Well, while, you also but, it's hard to follow that. You can't just true. come out with any crap. So we will. Our commitment to you is there will be at least one, at least a new shirt uh, in the first half of the year, which we'll figure out soon. Uh, also, ifmwatercom slash support. That's where you can help us out directly via PayPal. Ifmwatercom slash Amazon. We can find the links to our books, blowed books, as well as a general link to shop on Amazon. We think everyone who does that um, helps the show. We do appreciate it, uh, especially as we pay all of our year-end taxes and bills and things. Ugh. It all becomes clear. Uh, let's talk about also. If you're a patron at patreon.com slash ifanboy and you give it the $5 or higher level, you can get a patron superpower. We haven't done these in a while, Josh. I know. How you feeling? I've, I've heard yawns from you and me. And what I think people don't know is that this is tiring and we're out of practice. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it really is one of those things. I watch, I've been watching. We're running short. I can do this a little bit. Uh, I've been watching oh, wrestling. Shit, we with are. My, wow. I've been watching wrestling with my kids. Okay. And... There's one thing to watch the sweaty people run around and jump, and I am honestly thinking, God, that takes so much energy. I couldn't get up like that. But also, the, there's announcers, and they talk the entire time on live television. It's hard with each. And it, that that I was talking to my wife, and I go, "That is exhausting." And she's like, "What do you mean?" And I go, "You are paying attention to every word you're saying and everything everybody else is saying. You are trying to come off as composed. You're trying." Plus, it's, the, your producer's talking in your ear, yep. and the stage manager. I mean. Woo. Plus, uh, I mean, I haven't been up this early in two weeks, <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm a little out of it. But let's talk about patron power. Sure. I have one ready to go. I haven't, I don't have. That's all I got though. So it's gonna be a little. It's gonna be like a tightrope walk. Sure. Here, uh, but let's thank Heath Wolfield. And Heath Wolfield's power is that um, it's a, it's a little bit of a curse and a power. He can only communicate via drawings. Okay. Can't speak. He can only communicate via drawings. Is there a comic character who does that? Probably, but the problem is he's just really, really bad at drawing. <laughs> the world's worst Pictionary partner? Like, yeah, if you ever played like charades, you know, uh-huh. not charades, Pictionary or whatever uh, with someone who's really bad at it because they can't draw things. And there's nothing wrong with it. Not everyone's good at everything, but um, it's really frustrating for Heath. And I, I feel sorry and I apologize, but that's just – sometimes it's a curse and a power. What what you don't know is that Heath is at home right now going, I've been struggling with drawing, but I don't appreciate the comment on it in front of everybody. You just told thousands of people I can't draw. Sorry, Heath. I hope he's not an aspiring comic book artist. That would just be... Yeah, me too. That'd be bad. Nail in the coffin. Luke Pearson's, no matter where he goes, he always gets excellent excellent customer service. Oh, interesting. Okay. Always. Is, he gets the, it, does he have to go there or does he call? Can he call? What? No, with whatever it is that he does, like he just 
it's it's like it's like one of those luck powers that mutants have. You've got the person who cares about them, who pays attention to detail, who wants to do a good job, who wants to make sure that the customer experience is perfect. Uh, the you know the right person answers the phone or or is you know he doesn't he doesn't say oh, I want no cheese in my burger and get the cheese, uh, which right. happens a lot if sure. you don't like cheese. Um, it's just. It's a it's a bubble or it's a customer service bubble around him. Things go right. You don't get, you know, uh, uh, the bad pair of shoes, you know, that, that you've ordered. There's oh, these are they're missing the laces. That's it, none of that. It's a it's every he's like, I don't know, man. All these companies I do business with are great. My packages never get lost. Mm. Uh, my vehicle's in great condition. I got a good price on it. No one ever says to him, but I, I just figured you'd like cheese. No one ever says this is unrelated, but no one ever says, "How do you not like cheese?" <laughs> you know what? That's a new superpower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew Norris can take sand and turn it into intricate glasswork. Nice with his hands. With his, with his hands. Okay, that was the yeah. question. Do his I hands mean, like, heat up for the sand? Yes. Yeah, but not for people. Like you could shake his hand just fine mm-hmm. while he's doing it. But he can create any kind of intricate glass, like uh, chandeliers or, you know, to a water bottle. He can, you know, if you forget your water bottle while at the beach, you can just be like, hold on one second. And he's got one for you. Oh, wow. And it's, and it's beautiful. Can you, can you turn into colors and things like that? It's beautiful. He can, it's, it's colors, shapes, sizes. Wow. Obviously, he needs the commensurate amount of sand for the size. But sure. The, the, the downside of this is that his house is littered with unusable glassware. Oh, there's just glass tchotchkes everywhere. There's just, it's just like his, his, his significant other is like, oh, come on. And he goes to, oh, he goes to restaurants and holds, emblem. <laughs> he goes to restaurants and he holds up the glasses. It's just shoddy crap. Can't enjoy anything. Excuse me. I'll be right back. He comes back with <laughs> glass. <laughs> it's a Norris. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Ken Kowalczyk. Oh, nice work. Ken Kowalczyk can take any situation and turn it into a successful stand-up comedy bit. Wow! So he saw his Seinfeld. He's he's better. He, he's never he's ne- he's never bombed he's a bit. Better than Seinfeld. It's better than Seinfeld. He, he'll look at it and he'll instantly know. Here's what's funny about that. Here's how you phrase it. And here's the tag. Wow. Boom! 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 So he doesn't necessarily perform it. He just – he can write it though. He could. He could also he perform it. He would know where to emphasize the funny. He knows the pauses. He he may not have realized this or put this to work yet, but he does it. And everyone in the office is like, you're so funny, Ken. And then he <laughs> says what's funny about the fact that they just said he was funny in the office every day. And it kills. It's just A-list material. People get tired of it. Well, as with anything, it's – you know, talent is – talent can be disregarded uh, as well. Because yeah, it's just too good. It in your own time. Wow, Ken just went through a whole arc there. <laughs> All right, so thanks to Ken, Andrew, Luke, and Heath who's supporting us at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. If you want to get your own superpower, that's where you go. Give it the five dollar higher level. Let's answer some emails since, as Josh quickly pointed out, we are under. I don't know how that happened. We deserve it. Uh, I'll do the first one since okay. it's for you. Sure. Steve from San Francisco, California. I had a quick question about Hawkeye. Occasionally when he comes up, Josh refers to a particular characterization of him that he identifies with or that he likes the best. It seems like, especially in relation to the Avengers and Cap in particular, I was wondering what era or creative team he's referring to. Was this in some classic Avengers stories or more recent? 
Well, it's the only correct characterization of the of the character. So it's everything that's good. No. Um, specifically, I always think of the late 70s, early 80s Avengers runs. I think of uh, the, the Mark, it's not Mark Grunewald, but the West Coast Avengers uh, when he was on that team, which I think was 84, written by Roger Stern for a while. And Stern then, and Englehart. Yep. Then John Byrne later. Um, I think of it, uh, it's the same David guy. David Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's who it was, not Roger Stern, David Michelini. Um, no, Roger Stern did write West Coast Avengers, but... Okay, okay. Uh, then uh, it, it extended into Kurt Busiek and then Fabian Nicieza's um, Thunderbolt runs. And also Kurt Busiek's Avengers run. Yes. So it was at least 20, 30 years. And you could read, if you read the first appearance of Hawkeye uh, way back in Avengers 60-whatever... Um, no, no, not Avengers. Uh, uh, Iron Man. Tales, Iron Tales Man. of Tales of Suspense, maybe? Tales of Suspense. You own it. I do, but I haven't looked at it in a little while. Um, he was always right. kind of that. He was the underdog with an attitude and a chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, who wanted to be as good as the other guys, but he didn't actually have – he literally skills. didn't have the, pa- the skills, the powers, the anything. So he was always trying to prove himself, and he made up for that with attitude. To a certain extent. I mean, honestly, it's kind of everything prior to Matt Fraction. Yep. So yeah. whenever that Matt Fraction book, which we all loved, mm-hmm. it was a great book. It just kind of irrevocably changed Hawkeye's character. And and the movie. And well, the movie the movie isn't. I mean, I the, guess the, the no, he doesn't Clint, really have a personality. Right, Clint Barton in that first Avengers movie is unrecognizable to me. Sure. He very, very, very slightly moved towards something I recognize. And then they left him out of the third one together because they were like, wait a minute, this character has no purpose. <laughs> I think it was probably something else. But... I know that, but it was easy to do. No yeah, one I missed mean, him. So Hawkeye has a very, was a very distinct chip on his shoulder. I'm not Captain America guy until a fraction turned him into sort of this. Lovable. And loser. again, loved the book, but not, not, that was not Hawkeye. That was Hawkeye. Yeah, lovable. It's, it was lovable loser, you know. Yeah. Meant you can't get anything right. Uh, oh man, I'd love to date you, but we all know you can't get your shit together. Right. You know that, it, which is you know, it's valid, uh, but it's it's not the thing I grew up with. But I I do feel like Hawkeye for most of my life was fairly consistent as a character. He was people you know wrap their their heads around him, and and that's how they wrote him. So if you're looking, if Steve, you're looking for what Josh is talking about, would you say the the most classic version of this was the late 80s Avengers and West Coast Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. Also, great art. Terrific. During that time period. I love. I Stop still burn. love that art. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good question, though. Because uh, sometimes I assume people know what I know or what I think I know. Uh, and I think that's a problem. Uh, it, that's a very particular distinction, by the way, what you think you know. Stick with that as often as you can, everybody else in the world now. Uh, Kale writes in and says, I have been listening to the podcast for about four years now. Doesn't say how long he was thinking about this, so points deducted. But I've listened back to something uh, I've listened back to something in the high 200s in, in – in way of episodes. Oh, he's, 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 he's listened back to the yep. 200s. Gotcha. Yeah. Off and on for the last three years, I've wondered what dictates the order of the comics discussed after the pick of the week. Obviously, the patron pick has a specific spot in the show, but what about everything in between? Is it a system where five is pick of the week if one is Electro? 
Uh, is it the order you read them in, and that's how it makes it into the show outline? And I no. don't. I don't think we've ever talked about this. We have. We've talked about it. Not it's, this it's specifically. Been, the order and we, the order we, is a thing that's interesting. It, it, it's been fourteen years. We, we have definitely talked about the order of the show, but again, it's been fourteen years. So right, but like, say that when you're putting the script together, I don't feel like I've ever talked to you about how you try to arrange that. Well, I mean, there's really only two things, and then everything else is chaos. So, but it's not—it's uh, the- not chaos when I do. I think, oh, we should talk about this here, and I'll move this to the end bit. Like, I—I I well, what like- I mean by chaos is there isn't a, a rule. It's no. just sort of however anybody wants to do it. So, the pick is first. Conan, as this week's Conan the Barbarian, it gets about ten minutes on the show. Sure. After that is what we call eternally the long section or the C block. Um, those are the books we want to give a little bit more time to. Um, now within that section, usually the second book discussed is like either the most high profile release and, or the book that was almost the pick or something big, something like meaty. Right. Um, so that's where you usually, usually get your event book discussions or your high profile releases are in the first, that first section. Cause you want to talk about more of it and it's sort of the high profile stuff. And then you know, there's an ad break. And then uh, that's the short section or the D block. That's where the books we're going to talk about. We don't need, but we don't need as much time as we do in the first section. So, you know, maybe you get, you do like two minutes instead of five on the book. So that's so that goes to the second section. I would add to that that a lot of the times the way that I think about it is in the first. Uh, we're giving away too much right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last book. I think a lot about the last book in the long section a lot, and that one I often will put something that is either surprising or controversial or that I know there will be some sort of disagreement about. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's a fun way to go into the so little we, break. So we can ad. stew during the ad break? Well, it just it, gets, it's, it, it ramps the excitement back up after we've done like 30 minutes on these things where it gives us a different thing to talk about. Um, uh, I, I tend to try to mix up companies and or people. So There's that instance, too. You know, like if there's a bunch of books that you wanted to put in the rundown that I haven't read, I don't put. Try, I try to put them all in a row because then you're just you're monologuing for ten minutes. Right. I try to mix those. That's up. definitely a thought that goes into um, it. And then I try to put like all the Marvel books together, or all these, unless there's some sort of gimmicky week where like, oh, this, yeah, we we all pick Marvel books. Let's just do all those in one block. And that's just that's not that's not normal. Or um, if it's one of those weeks where a bunch of books are by the same person, the same right. writer, usually, um, you can either group those or spread them out. Or a bunch of number ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've had weeks where like a bunch of new number one books come out. And so you, you sometimes you could put those all in a group. But that's what I mean by chaos. Like that point yeah. becomes the secret sauce of how, how whoever is producing the show. And that's the person who has the pick of the week uh, decides, you know, the order, the rundown. Um, although s- some, t- some weeks, obviously, when there's less time, I have noticed the rundown just tends to be whatever yeah. order the books are listed in the emails. But um, often uh, – then once the once the books are decided on, then the person in charge will order them however they want to order them, and that's how whoever's personal preference goes into play. And I don't think there's ever been a real like once or twice like we've said, oh, can you move this down here for this reason, or that we well, find yeah, out I mean, once, more. Well, once then the final rundown is set, then someone goes, oh, well, actually, I, can you move that to the long section because I realize I want to talk yeah. to them more or move it down or yeah, but, to keep it. We also want to keep it slightly balanced, so there's like yeah. There's five books before the ad break, including the pick, and there's usually five books after, although this week there's only four, which may explain why we're under. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So to me, it's a little like the art of the set list. Like after you've been doing it for a while, you go, oh, this feels good here. This feels good here. This is this, you know, you don't right. you don't want it to peter out either. You don't want your you don't want the books to at the beginning to be the ones you're most enthusiastic about. And by the end, they're the ones that you're like, yeah, that was good, too. Right. And the books, this is less of a thing now. It's just the two of us. But when it was the three of us, I feel like the books in the top of the show were the books we probably all read. Yeah. And then. The second uh, section was books. Maybe just one of us are read, so it's more of a monologue. Mm-hmm. That, but that's less of a factor now. More of a factor when we were had a, had a different, wider opinion on books. I mean, what it means is a wider range of different books reading. We're reading a lot more books now. Well, Connor. Anyway, also we're that, no longer short, so <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Good job, everybody. High fives. Contact at ifanboy.com. That's how you can get your email on the show. Good emails. From yep. both Steve and Kale. And as we mentioned at the end of last year, uh, we have now instituted the bank- email bankruptcy. So if you emailed into the show and didn't get in the show, send it again because all those emails went into a folder. We're starting fresh in the new year. So let's plug some stuff. Uh, let's talk about this week's, this month's shows, Josh. We have a book explode and a talk explode. I'll talk about the book explode. Um, we haven't set a date for it yet because we haven't talked, but it'll be probably middle of the month. We'll do the book explode. And if you want to follow along, this is, this is relevant to what we just talked about. Josh and I are going to be reviewing Avengers West Coast, How the West Was Won, Volume <laughs> 1, the epic collection, which is a giant, almost 500-page Avengers West Coast collection that Marvel put out last year. So maybe more near the end of the month. Yeah, maybe more <laughs> towards the end. But that's what we're talking about. You talk about got Hawkeye and Iron Man. Mockingbird and Tiger, the Wonder Man, your classic Avengers West Coast team. Uh, I have a books. I have a talk explode. Um, remember, we were talking about how it's difficult to schedule things around the holidays. Uh, yes. I keep kicking a can down the. I'm I'm not kicking a can down the road, but it, that has happened. I'm scheduled Schedule. to. I've had it scheduled a couple times, and I've re re redone it a couple times. I'm scheduled next week to have that conversation. Um, so my hope is to get it out before the end of next week. Um, for people, so. After this show, but before the next show comes out, I should have uh, the December talk explode in your ears. Awesome. But I never like to announce who it is before I have it uh, recorded. No, you shouldn't because you just you'll yep. be jinxing it. Uh, head over to fanboy.com. This year will find all of our podcasts, including old talk explodes and book explodes, and all of our uh, you know we had we did the Aquaman review show, we did the Spider Man to the Spider Verse review show over the break, so you can find those shows there. Uh, all of our podcasts over there. And you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy and following us at ifanboy on Twitter. And individually, we're J.A. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. That's true. And if you like this show, uh, there there are things that you can do uh, to help further uh, us, our, our success at it, and therefore your enjoyment of it. Uh, you can always leave a, ra- a rating, review, ratings uh, on right. on <laughs> iTunes, uh, and you can uh, help pass it around. Uh, we, we see it every day. We see it all the time, which somebody says, what's your favorite podcast? Oh, I really like iFanboy, and that is literally always touching and meaningful to me when I see that and people pass it around. Um it's certainly the case uh, when they talk about our regular show, and uh, it's one of my favorite parts about putting out the book explode or talk explodes uh, is when people say, "Oh man, I, this is a, this is a really great insight into this creator uh, or the process or the industry or anything like that." And that's those are like my favorite things to do. Um, so so please keep that up, everyone. Uh, it it means a lot, and thank you, and it's it's helpful to everybody. So, and there you go, we're back. Yay! 
like riding a bike. That was not a sarcastic yay. I just need no. to point that out. Yeah, no, it's, it was fun. Yep. I enjoyed it. Let's talk next week, Josh, about comics. We shall. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.